0: Hey everybody, Nina here. We are going to be talking about Neuron Writer today, which is making waves on AppSumo especially as a cheaper surfer SEO alternative. Now, if you know me, you'll know that I love a cheaper surfer SEO alternative specifically. In fact, I spend a lot of time trying to find them. Um, Even I did another video on my channel reviewing a bunch of different content optimizers. And one of the main things was pitting them against surfer to see, number one, what's cheaper and what's most effective. Now, I mentioned Neuron briefly in that video, but I was still pretty new to it, so I've learned a lot more about it since then. And I wanted to walk you through it. Now, if you're not familiar with what a content optimizer is, don't worry, we're gonna talk a bit about kind of the functions of it. But essentially, it's just something that's supposed to help you optimize your content. That's the basis of it. And it does that by you giving it a keyword and then it gives you um, NLP, which is Natural Language Processing Terms, also called LSI words, also called must words, essentially just words you should mention in the post. The best example I can give is if you're going to write a post about things to do in New York City, you're going to have to mention Times Square, you're going to have to mention Broadway, you're going to have to mention the Statue of Liberty. If you do not mention those words, those LSI words, those NLP words, those must words, whatever you want to call them, If you don't mention them, both your user and Google will be confused, especially if every single one of your competitors mentions it, or even if just the majority mention it. So content optimizers are a basis to help you create what's sometimes known as skyscraper content. I like to call it improv content where it's like the yes and rule. So yes, all your competitors have that and you'll have more. That's how I prefer to see it. Also, I was an improv kid, so I was a bit of a nightmare. (laughs) So on your homepage, you're going to have projects that you can start with. Now I'm going to show you my plan on AppSumo. I'm on the single plan right now, and people, even when I bought it, were like, no, upgrade, get at least the three codes. I didn't want to, (laughs) to be honest with you, didn't feel like it, wanted to try it first. I am a big proponent of try before you buy, and I love that Neuron Writer even has a free trial on their site that you can do, and then come over to AppSumo and buy the paid plan a lot cheaper than you can on their site. As you can see, it's much cheaper than the one-time purchase you would need to do on their site, although on their site, it does more of like a monthly subscription basis, so a one-time purchase is quite nice. Now, all I wanted was the 25 content analyses per per month basically. That means I could run 25 different keywords and get 25 content optimizers. I'm not writing more than 25 posts a month. Well, technically I am, but I get 40 free from Raptive, which if you go back and watch my uh, Raptive walkthrough, you'll see it explained there and see it explained what Raptive is if you're not familiar with it. So there I'm already getting 65. I also still have rank IQ, so I get eight per month on top of that I've got too many of these. I did not need a million content analyses. So I went with this. Now other people said get more because of the AI credits as well. I've got plenty of AIs. I really didn't need much more of another one, especially because what people were saying is that you should get more to use it to write a post. I'm all for that. However, that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for a content optimizer and sometimes things that do too much don't do it well, so I really wanted to stick with just this, but I did give the AI a try, and I will say, subpar. Not, not amazing, so not my favorite. Not the end of the world either, just not my favorite. Then sharing level is the one thing that made me consider Tier 3, and that's because it allows you to share it with your team so that they can write inside of neuron writer and actually be able to edit things and like see the scores. Don't worry, we'll look at those in a second. Um, And so I do have quite a significantly large team. It's pared down a bit at this point from the 40 writers I hired in January. It was a mistake. That's a lot of people for one person to manage, especially when you were about to just like disappear to Mexico and Europe. So yeah, I made some mistakes, guys. I fully admit that. That was the one thing that really made me consider it but I ultimately I was like, let me just do this. And so far it's been totally easy to just like have my editor copy and paste things in and then they check it, it's totally fine. So that's basically the reason I stuck with this one. I also just didn't need all the extra bits and bobs here. The Google Search Console integration felt just like Query Hunter, but like oddly at the front end, but not, but I don't know, it just didn't didn't make sense to me why you would need it. Um, I've watched a bunch of videos on it, it still doesn't really, it, it doesn't fit a need that I have. Like I think it would make sense if you needed that, it doesn't, to me, I don't have a use case for it when Query Hunter is free and does the exact same thing from what I can tell. The WordPress integration, I don't want more things integrated with my WordPress, I try to keep it pretty pared down, and copying and pasting takes two seconds, so that's fine. I also typically copy and paste things into my AI enhanced blog post templates anyway, so the integration would actually not be helpful for me to do that. So it just didn't work out. Task management. Oh, I am chaos. When have I ever managed my own tasks? Let's be real. And then the plagiarism checker I think is interesting, but because I'm not writing in here and I am using Copyscape, when I do need to check plagiarism, I was fine with it. So just so you know, these are here. I think they're great. I really like it. <laughs> so I have the plan with two projects. A project is like a folder where you can put, a site into essentially, I think they should be called like sites rather than projects, but whatever, I don't run it. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to go into Shino's SEO and take a look. Now, I will apologize. I got um, another thing on App Sumo to like blur stuff and I've broken it already. <laughs> so I accidentally blurred out all the keywords. I only meant to blur out two. My apologies. We're going to go in and you'll see it you in a second anyway. But essentially you feed it a keyword. And then you're going to get a content optimizer that we can work with. So you would just hit new query. I've hit my limit for the month, as you can see, um, and it's going to refresh when I'm on vacation. So for a month, so I wanted to get this up first, but essentially it's just a little window where you put in your keyword. What I really like, which is something that Surfer SEO does, but no other one that I've worked with, like the SEM rush that's built, one that's built into Raptive and IQ don't let you do this you can include secondary keywords or keyword variations, which I think is so, so great and so helpful. So big, big fan. Now we're going to go in and take a look. Oh, I should have said, pardon me, Um, getting too excited. So this is the score of your competitors on average. We'll go in and see the specific one. You can see when I ran these reports, um, you can assign it to a certain writer. So that would be more if you're on that tier three plan. Then you can also set deadlines for that writer. You'd be able to see the score it's currently at. Now this one, I just put literally one word into it. So it has no score. It'll also count the word count and then tags are not tags for WordPress. That was a mistake I was first making. Um, I thought that's what it would be for, but they're actually more about the workflow. So maybe what topic this is in, like what cluster or something, what pillar, um, different, like what needs to be done, what needs to change, how up to date it is, things like that. So you can actually type in other ones and hit a comma and it'll just create a new one or you can use these popular ones they have, but it's not going to carry over to WordPress, especially if like me, you're just copying and pasting it over anyway. Okay, so now we'll go into this one. So when you first open one up, so ours is alternatives to Mediavine, and you can see we have two additional keywords, I put in Mediavine alternative and Mediavine versus AdThrive. This is gonna be like quite a secondary keyword. It's gonna be like a header section cause that is definitely a different post, but just it's in there. So what it does is it runs um, a report based on the country you also set. You set a country and a language. I always select US and English, first of all, cause I'm English speaking and I can speak nothing else, but also because I prefer to work US first. US pays the most in ad revenue. So that's what I wanna target. Now, if you have a different location that is your target audience, you would change this. The person who created this is Eastern European. And in all of their, um, like in the academy, they have on YouTube, like all of their free videos. Um, I don't remember the specific country apologies just blanking right now, but they select that country and then they select that specific language and run it that way. So it does support multiple languages in a way that looks And I cannot guarantee this cause I've only used it in English but it looks more robust than the other ones that I've seen. So that's pretty cool. But basically it searches Google for your competitors, kind of the same way that KeySearch or Ahrefs would. And then you get to select which competitors you want it to actually take a look at. So for example, for travel bloggers, if we're going through this and maybe the first thing that ranks is TripAdvisor, we don't really care about TripAdvisor. So I would actually turn that off because it's not going to helpfully like, set us up for success on the analysis. We all know to kind of ignore it. And so we want to make the content optimizer ignore it as well, because basically it's going to skew our results. Like even this one that says it has like nine words, we can open it and check. Typically what happens there is that something has combed it wrong and like just miscounted so I can see, yeah, this is a real article It might be blocking something or I don't know, maybe it's that pop up getting in the way but it definitely has actual content. But with TripAdvisor, where it's like, let's say a hundred words, if everything else is 5,000 words, but that's a hundred, it's going to skew us way down on the average for what our target word count should be. And it's just going to throw everything off. So I want to actually spend a second clicking through these to make sure it's on topic. Now, if something's not on topic, if something's just terrible content, if something's a massive outlier, you can just tick it off and it won't include it. But you're actually going to get the top 30, so you can include more than you even meant to. Now, I can also see, hey, look, it found my site. I don't want to accidentally write the same post twice, but it's not the same because it's Mediavine requirements, not Mediavine alternatives. So I want to do the alternatives instead, that way it's a completely separate post. Because that one's been stuck there because it doesn't meet the search intent like you can see everything above it, except for like two of them, actually meets this search intent. So I like the top 10 here. I think that they're pretty good. I tend to stick with 10 competitors at most, um, and I usually try to stick within the top 10 as well. Then we're going to hit next, and it's going to generate our list of NLP words. So here you can see we have the nlp words you can like i think if you hover over it you can learn more about it nope you can't never mind i thought you could nope doesn't like me today um, but here we're going to get the terms that you should essentially include somewhere in the content naturally if you look at them you can see like media vine alternative best media vine alternative ad thrive publisher bloggers display ads all of these are things you would expect to see in this post right like these are common terms you would expect someone to mention when talking about this. Now, maybe some are a little bit more formal than what I would have said. Like I usually say UX, not user experience. Um, maybe, I'm trying to think of another one that I, a lot of these are like very helpful. Um, minimum traffic requirement. I might've said minimum page views instead. So it can just like change slightly the way that you're saying things, but ultimately and the thing I want to press home most, please use your common sense this is a tool it is not an all-knowing god or anything so everything needs to go through you first if you don't think it's correct leave it out for example 2023 i'd probably put that in the title i don't like to put the year inside of the piece of content because it leads to issues later when i'm updating that i inevitably miss a 2022 somewhere inside of the post and it's just too hard to like for me later when I'm updating to go through the hundreds of posts across all my sites to find every instance of a year. Instead, I just put them in the title and kind of leave it there. Now, unless that that being said, unless it's something that like specifically, it's like the Olympics in Paris in whatever year, then I would put the year because that, I mean, you have to. (laughs) It's a one-off. But if it's something like a festival that happens every single year, unless you know, and like you can maybe keep a spreadsheet of ones where you've mentioned it that way, or you're willing to take the time to go through every single post for that, I, I would leave it out. So we have the basic ones, then the extended ones. And I think this is interesting because it's not something that most competitors break up this way. Um, so when I did that review of different content optimizers, they tended just to put a massive list together. And so here we've got, um, like kind of basic terms and then longer tail words but also things that are a little bit more tangential i guess like they're still very related but they're they're a little bit less important so some things like um mediavine alternatives that can help a little bit less i don't know i guess required would be the word i would use some of them are also just like not quite as specific to this post so join monumentric. You could, that's probably something someone just put as a button, though, or like with an affiliate link for them to join. Um, I would still definitely try to add all of these, but I'd focus on the basic ones to some extent. Now, you can also see terms and headers. So these are terms that your competitors used in certain header levels. H1 would be their title. H2 would be H2 headers throughout. And that's going to give you an idea of like what to actually put in your header area, rather than just like random keywords to have throughout the post. They also have this AI writer, so this is where you can use um, the 15,000 word credit that came with this plan, the 15,000 AI credits. Basically, each credit is a word, and you'd be able to adjust things as you want. So, we've got like different things like expand text, rephrase, content plan, and these ones are specifically for this article. It doesn't seem to, I tried to test them because like topical map, article topic ideas, you think it would go beyond what you're currently working on. It tends to just create an outline. We'll do some later, don't worry. But like, yeah, it was a bit weird to me. But you can generate your title and description. You can generate an article introduction, paragraphs, FAQs, everything. You got all the stuff. You can even repurpose at the end to create a YouTube description off of this and an email based on some bullet points you give it about the thing. I don't really do those. Like I said, I've got other AI writers I deal with, and this just isn't what I need it for. Then I really like the ideas section where it gives you extra questions to answer inside of the post. You can either make these an FAQ section or just build them into the content. So if you're going to say like alternatives to Mediavine 1 to 10, so you're going to say Ezoic, then you could have the question, is Izoic better than Mediavine? I do like too that it puts the two question marks um, because it shows like how many places it showed up. But to me, it always just feels like whenever I have a more important question, I do that and text my sister and stuff. So it does feel more important to me, but then you can see where this showed up. So it showed up in people also ask it. These ones down here showed up uh, from a competitor's content. So lots of information here. Oh my God, there's so many. We could just keep scrolling for eons. So you also have to set yourself a limit like don't do everything guys it's too much i tend to do a lot of this stuff more manually to be honest so i don't tend to come in here for my outline as much i do my first draft of my outline outside of this i look at my competitors i evaluate my competitors do my outline and then i put it through um the like i generate the query for it here and then i go forth from there So then I'll take whatever title I have and maybe look at my competitors here again, but I would have basically just seen this on Google and I can say, okay, everyone says in 2023. So I need to mention 2023. Everyone says best Mediavine alternatives. That's also because that's more of the keyword they're targeting. I'll be honest, I just shoved these in for a test I was doing. So I should have definitely done Mediavine alternatives, not alternatives to Mediavine. It's okay, but I can definitely get a sense of like the structure that people are going with here. Four blogs or four bloggers definitely seems important because, like, that those are my people as well. Um, I can see that, like, the number of competitors is important to people. So, all good things to note. Then I would have a structure idea. Then for H2s, I could see if I had missed any that my competitors had. Some of them are going to be pretty similar. So, is AdThrive better than MediaVine? Is MediaVine better than Azoic? We saw that other Azoic one before. So don't include every single one of these. Okay, guys, it's just too much. Pick what is actually relevant. And that's what I kind of, again, want you guys to remember with this. It's a tool to help. It's a tool to kind of help you synthesize the data, but you have to do the analysis and decide what to include. So with this specific keyword, I'm not going to randomly structure it this way. just like grabbing these in order. I'm going to go through my competitors and figure out what is the structure of the post I should follow. In this case, it is like one, I don't know, the first alternative, raptive, second alternative, monumetric, third alternative, something else. Um, And then within those, those H2s, I'd probably put some H3s with these extra questions in it. Does it matter that my competitors had it as an H2? It could, you'd have to look at it on a case-by-case basis as with everything with SEO, it's very much about the instance of like what's happening there. But this is where I could get some extra com- like ideas for that. What I love here, and what I really recommend people check out, is that the YouTube. It, it'll grab YouTube video ideas based on what your topic is. I typically wait to do this till I actually have stuff in the piece so it has more ideas to pull from. But here it's going to give me a bunch of video ideas for things that I can embed in my post. Google loves video, especially from YouTube, because they own YouTube. So if you can embed a YouTube video in a post, it's an amazing opportunity. And here are tons that are very relevant to what I'm doing. So we have like, don't use AdSense. Okay, well if I'm talking about AdSense and I also don't really like it, maybe I'd put that in. Here I have somebody comparing a bunch of them. Now for myself, I actually have videos on Ezoic and Raptive already, I would just pull those in. But if I didn't, I would go to competitors for this. Or not really competitors, they're other people. And then this one's cool too, where it'll pull stock images for you um, from Unsplash, Pixabay, and uh, Deposit Photos. So here I can see all these different ones and I can actually select if I don't want one. So typically it pulls from Unsplash, which I think is best because they are legitimately free. (laughs) Um, And then here we can like change our visibility. I've never honestly touched any of these. I just leave them as is, but it's possible if you want to. And up here, this little like keyboard guy over here is where we can see our overall score. As we start to write things, these scores are gonna go up and we ultimately want to get a good score. So the guy who runs this says the ideal is like 10 to 20 more than your competitor. I disagree. I think you definitely want over 50 much like surfer i wouldn't want like up to 90 or something i think it's more important to use common sense and try to fit these words in and use this as use this as a basis i genuinely don't care if i have a higher number than my competitors and that's because a lot of times people who do and the number of youtube videos i watched when i was first learning this they just stuff keywords in there and they they will even say they're like we don't really care at this point we just want to get the keywords in and i'm like But you should care, like the whole point is to care for your user. So please don't do that. Please focus on writing content that is beneficial to your user and just changing out words or reordering things to fit these specific words. It's not about fitting in every single one that is over optimizing it. It's also like, remember, these words come from your competitors, so if your competitors are terrible, then it's stuck. It's done its best, but this is what it had to work with. Or if your competitors don't mention something that you mention, or they mention something incorrectly, those will be here. So you're going to want to make sure that you're doing things the right way and going beyond these terms. If you write a top 10 that is exactly the same as everyone else, why should you rank? Why should Google care about you? You need to give it something new and something better, something more. So that's really important. Now you'll have the score of your competitor here that you should like quote unquote target according to them and get like 10 higher. I, again, I don't, I don't think it's worth it. Um, I think it's fine to look at it. I think it's fine to like gamify this a bit, Um, but ultimately just like ranking this out or maxing this out isn't going to immediately make you rank. This is just a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of it, okay? That being said, let's actually figure out how to move that needle, okay. Oh, and then there's a few things here so save your changes someone said it like saves automatically i've never had to do that save it yourself you can um, load revisions you can export notes you can try like it's like try to auto import article text it doesn't work all the time so i like that it says that But um, then you can also create an article draft the article draft is pretty cool um, we're going to go to the meta first though so over here at the meta you can generate your title and your meta description so it'll tell you what terms your competitors used and what percentage of them used it. Now, as you can see, some things like best Mediavine alternative, it includes Mediavine alternative, Mediavine and alternative. <laughs> so it's already in there. And you can even see best Mediavine alternatives for blogs and for publishers are both here. So the one that I would kind of go with is best Mediavine alternatives for oops blogs in 2023 you can also see how long it is in title length Uh, brandon Gailey of the blogging millionaire who i don't always agree with but i do think this was a good study he did on title length said that 47 characters to 54 characters on average is the length of a blog title on the first page of google now even beyond that um, google will show up to 60 characters six zero so that is the maximum you can do now I would put a number here, but I don't know how many. So I'm just going to put like 10 for now and we'll see how many we can come up with when we do our research. I would go and do that first. Now you can also technically just copy one of these over. It does have a copyright notice that tells you not to do that. And I fully agree with that. Unless literally it is just like best media Mediavine alternatives. Then yeah, you can take that because it's the keyword. But if it's something that is more specific and um matters more, like has more personality, they do own that copyright. Don't take it. If you click this, you can then see all of their metas. And then you could just technically you could take one of these. Now the only reason I would do that if I took this is that I could run um Jasper AI over it. Uh, there we go. Ask Jasper and I could have him repurpose the content. I could have him change length. I could just say please rewrite in an engaging tone of voice um, for bloggers. You could also do this in chat GPT if you want, just copy it out. Um, So I'm going to leave out the weird attention bloggers thing because that sounds terrible. We're going to replace it. Let's copy that out. There we go. So now here you can see what I have. It's too long though. The character length is 236 and I know that 160 is max. So Again, I could have it just keep rewriting it, or I can just like delete sections of like the random nonsense it adds on. Tons of options. I'm going to leave it like this because genuinely I don't care right now, this is an example, but we could keep amending it. Um, and this would just help us come up with our title and our meta description. And you can see like it changes colors based on what you've used. So even like for blogs, I could do for bloggers, and then it's going to pull that one, um, but not this anymore. Again, Mediavine or not Mediavine, Google's very, very smart. So like, it knows that bloggers and blogs are basically the same thing. You could get away with this; it'd be fine. Um, down here, you could adjust these as you want. There are tons of options. I'm not going to talk about the exact "quote unquote" right or wrong thing to do. It's going to ultimately come up to you for what you want to do. Now, for article layout, it's really cool because you can actually add the header sections your competitors. Already use, and it's a cool thing when you add it, it's then going to tell you the specific terms to try to include. And then, if you have multiples, like if I just add all of these for some reason, I can move them around with these arrows or delete them and just crop it at, or uh, close it out. Um, same for some questions over here, that way you don't have to type them out if you don't want to. I'm a big fan of not having to type things because I got crushed nerves in my arms, and typing is pain. Um, great career choice for me, I know. <laughs> um, These ones I wouldn't worry about rephrasing, but any headers that are more than just like Mediavine requirements or what is monumentric, I would try and change them up. So if it's basically a secondary keyword, you can leave it. If it has some personality or originality, try to change it because we don't want to copy anything from anyone else. Yes. Sometimes like there's no other way to say the war of 1812 started in 1812. Like sometimes you just have to say the same thing if possible try to change it without going crazy and making it weird. Now if you um, start you can start a new draft and like start uh, start again or you can copy to editor and it'll move it over here. So here you can see it tells you um, like the notes on it that you can expand to read more. you can generate with the AI um, and create a paragraph where it'll auto feed it this information so that you can create it where it's going to try to include all these terms it's going to include some bullet points of whatever you want it to note. So like, basically it's the same idea as with ChatGPT of saying, uh, write a paragraph about this, include these keywords, include these facts. Same idea. Tone of voice here. And then you can also set the output word length. It's not exact, but it does a decent job. So if we just try to write it, I just wanna show you guys how the AI works. There we go. So if Mediavine rejects your application, it can be discouraging, but don't give up. Mediavine is a popular ad network known for its high quality advertisers and great monetization options. One possible reason for rejection could be not meeting their minimum traffic, which is usually around 25,000 sessions per month. This is why we always fact check AI guys. So it's built on an older version of OpenAI and other, some other stuff too. But that means it is not up to date on anything. So this is one reason why I don't care about their AI because I would need to do a lot more work here where Jasper and GPT-4 are more up to date so I can actually get better facts quicker. They work better with my workflow. I hate like popping in and out like this onto like these, I don't know, these side bits. Just bothers me. Writer's End has a similar thing where you have to like write on the side mostly. Not a fan. I prefer to like write separately. But that's how you can generate some of those uh, different AI outputs with it. So yeah, that's basically how um, we can start doing that. My workflow actually is like, I just write my outline by myself. Um, I am a control freak. I prefer to do those things on my own. So I'll give it my outline and then I'm going to go through for some um, extra ideas for different headers that maybe I missed. um, Things that I can just use to adjust and improve or finding terms that maybe I didn't mention, but I could have like rather than maybe I didn't say the word threshold. Maybe I just said like minimum. I could sub one of those times out and say threshold and then I would have included the word. So that's what I mean by like including these semi-naturally sparingly. So as you go, you'll also see here it has a readability score where it'll tell you the readability of your competitors and your readability. So if yours starts to sound too much like an academic article, if it's just like hard to read, it's going to drop your score significantly. No, one's going to have a hundred percent score. It's just like not really possible unless it's empty for some reason. Um, but you do kind of want to stick around the level of your competitors. That way you're not writing something super highbrow for a more casual audience or vice versa. But you can see just from those little things that we did already, our score has improved. So here we can see we've got uh, our keyword in our title, in our description. Uh, We don't have any H1 headers yet, so we would need to do that. We have H2 headers though, where it found these. Um, I haven't really used it in other areas, uh, or sorry, other keywords in other areas, but those are things that I can add. So as you go, these will start to grow. If you max out too many of them, it'll get kind of stuffing, or stuffing-like, I guess. And then this one will get mad at you it doesn't want you to keyword stuff and i do like that it has that surfer does not um or at least not last time i used it which was pretty recently so that's where you'd be able to check that now over here is going to be your average word count but you can edit this sometimes i've had things where the average word count was like a thousand i don't write articles under two thousand words i don't think it's worth it um first of all i'm a wordy gal as you guys will notice by this already 30 minute video Um, but also because you just need that room to include enough truly helpful content for your user so i would adjust this if it's too low um, to make it 2000 that way it doesn't get mad at me that i've gone over but also because like we know best this doesn't know best now up here you can set your target url i always say that url i learned how to say like how to say that by reading it, and it's one of the most embarrassing things. Um, but yeah, anyway, you can give it a URL here, and then if you click on it later, it'll actually like link to your blog. It doesn't make a page, it just like adds that link for when you archive it later, I guess, so you can find it. And then this is where you can share a read-only version, or like link version. So let me take that, I might need to open it incognito, but we shall see. Yeah, so here you go. So here I'm able to just see it. I'm not going to be able if I try to click, I can't write, I can't like I, can, I guess I can highlight stuff or hover over it, but I can't like really do anything except copy, copy it. It's kind of like a view only in um in Google Docs. That's kind of the way it is. So I can see the meta, I can see this information, I can see like oh, it gives you a little preview there. Never noticed that before. <laughs> um but I'm not able to actually implement any of the ideas. I can just see them. So, it's a cool way to like get an idea of it but you're not going to be able to work inside of it and i do kind of like that because you do run the risk with a bunch of people of like everyone collaborating and messing it up so that's why i like this a little bit better again control freak nina fully admit it fully accepted about myself <laughs> here you can see the number of characters i don't know why it does that like who cares number of characters in the post but whatever number of h1s number of h2s number of bolds a weird one but i guess okay uh, number of images this is a one of the things that they said that they're going to add later on is like the best number of images per post, kind of the way Surfer does. Um, so we'll see when that comes. It's not currently available, but they do keep updating it, so things keep changing. Then you've got all the formatting here for when you're working on it, and then that formatting, if you like, even just like Command A, Command C, which is what I do. I don't ever touch any of these ones up here. Um, command A, Command C, it holds on to the formatting and then keeps it in WordPress. So super easy. You can do tables. Their tables aren't the best to be honest, but they have tables. Um, you can like, I guess, use HTML. I don't use HTML here. You can like change indents and stuff. I oh, don't know, I don't do most of that stuff. Uh, oh, we did meta. So yeah, we'll just save this for now. That way I don't lose it. <laughs> then um, up here, this is where you'd probably start to be honest. We've done this kind of backwards, but that's fine. Here you can see all of your competitors. So this is where you're gonna see the URL. You're gonna see their ranking order. You're going to see the neur- neuron writer score for them of what it thinks their value is. Then um, their page authority and stuff. When you first open it, you have to like re-update it. I literally have already updated it like twice today, but I don't know. It takes a minute. It'll like recheck Moz. There doesn't seem to be a maximum amount you can do this. It seems to just be like it really wants to give you the up-to-date information, which I do appreciate. I mean, like, thanks for being on point, but... <laughs> And so here you can see like what um, your competitors' domains are. Uh, this is from Moz, and I do like that it specifies that. So you got page authority, domain authority, page rank, and the number of external links, um, which is meant to be backlinks, but I don't really know why they call them external links because to me that's when they link to other people, but whatever. Has their title, has the language, um, which I think is a bit redundant, but that's fine has the content length. Now, as we saw with this one, it says 59, but when we went into it, it was quite long. That can be a number of things. It could just be a glitch in the reporting. It could be that they have something trying to block the crawl of things. It could be that pop-up is getting covered instead. So like, that's why I say like grain of salt, this stuff, kind of take it for yourself to figure out these numbers. Um, and sometimes things will get blocked from view. So like the robots can't read it, but we can, that's why you got to use your own common sense. So you can export this. You can also like do filters if you want to. Um, I believe you can even like remove some of these columns. I've just always left it as is even the ones that I don't care about, Uh, but you can change it. And then I think the top 100 preview is pretty cool. If you don't have a VPN, this does let you like see a snapshot of what it sees for this country's uh, top 100 for this. And it will just let you scroll all the way to the bottom. Um, So yeah, pretty cool feature. I do like that it does that. So then, yeah, you can see the competitor's information here. Uh, you're going to... I like the structure one because you're going to be able to come over here. This is basically what the hrefs Chrome extension can do. So if you watch my video on that, you'll recognize the way that it lists the headers and the way that it lists the schema. That's. I think schema is a really important thing. Do I understand all of this? No. <laughs> I don't know what everything is. Um, but they're here, so <laughs> that's all I know. Um, I can sometimes spot certain schema that would matter to me. I don't know a lot of schema. I'm not a coder, so I'm not perfect at this stuff, but you can see if a competitor is like using video. um, if they've got author schema set up, if they got FAQ schema, this is where that like yes and rule that I mentioned comes into play. If your competitor has it, yes, and it do it and then offer something more. So if your competitor has one video, you need at least one video. If your competitor has i don't know i wouldn't do like two author schemes so i don't know a good example of another one but yeah basically do what your competitor does and then do more then here you can see just the titles just the descriptions just the h1s just the h2s just the h3s there's a lot of places you can see the headers so like i don't know you don't need to see them everywhere this one does like a graph i guess chart i don't know i think it's a graph that's the right word. Um, I'm getting tired, sorry, (laughs) Um, of their different page authority, of their uh, like page rank, all sorts of stuff. I don't look at these to be honest with you guys, I don't care enough. I look at that main graph and that's where I kind of stop. And then I look at that list over there. Now here you can see their SERP features, which is something that you can usually see in Ahrefs and SEMrush. So you can see like, what what do they have? (laughs) We have videos, we've got iframe, we got forms for some of them. Um, they all have images. So you'll be able to see like what uh, features that they're using. Again, yes and. If your competitors have it, try to use it yourself. And then I really like this, they do related keywords where it gives like the related searches on Google and then just like ideas of related keywords that you can throw in there. Um, kind of the issue is you still have to check these. Like as we saw like Izoic Ad Thrive that's not, that's a related keyword for sure, but it's not really something you're going to rank for. So I would say that's more of an NLP. Then here we have content terms. So these are things that they mentioned, and these are going to be those NLPs that you do get elsewhere. So you, you don't need this. But what I was really excited to share with you guys, because so many of you really struggle with internal links, this internal linking thing, when you do you put in your site, it's going to look at your site and find opportunities for internal linking. It even gives you anchor text to consider, like how freaking cool. So like, yes, I think most of us have link whisper to do this, but I do think it's a really helpful way to think of connecting content. So if you really struggle with that and it's just not something that you're very good at, this can be a really helpful method to be like, here are 10 that I should definitely try to add. And it even shows you similarities. And the similarities are based on like the keyword the actual keyword you've given it. So of course my Mediavine requirements is the closest to this, but it has tons of stuff here. And then you can adjust it as you want. It is up to you to add these links for sure, but lots of ideas, which I think is really, really cool. You can even like keep regenerating if you want and it'll try again. It's basically gives the same options though when I keep doing this, like it hasn't changed it. So I don't know why you would keep redoing it, but you can, I guess if you want to. And then you have comments for if you're working with your team so basically my workflow is i pick a keyword um you can like they have this whole like plan area where you can just put a bunch of keywords and i put one here to show you guys what it looks like i don't do that to be honest with you like i had them in a spreadsheet um the most chaotic spreadsheet and i'll just come over run a new query throw them in there and then um go in and then just start working on it so I usually pull up my competitors, do my outline, bring it here, edit the outline, then I take it, I go write it somewhere else, keeping in mind these a little bit, but then I bring it back here when I'm done, and then I optimize. I think it is better to optimize at the end, that way you're not overdoing it with your posts and making it like all about all these words, and not making it like too unnatural. Like I still want it to sound like me, I still want to... Have a great piece of content that includes all the facts and all the figures and stuff and not be too swayed by my competitors. It's also why I don't like stare at my competitors' post as I write mine. What happens when you do that? You start to write their post by accident. And you don't want that. Like that not only is that plagiarism, it's just like terrible. It's just not helpful for you or your user. You want to provide new, interesting, unique content. And too many of the videos I've seen on Neuron Writer are clearly by Those SEOs that kind of just like seed their site with a bunch of stuff and don't care about quality. They're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks, and then like hoping more spaghetti like that will stick. But if you never do it properly, you don't really know and like blah, blah, blah. I love AI when you use it properly, when you're not just generating nonsense for the sake of shoving a bunch of keywords in, when you're not generating random stuff or over-optimizing any of this. To me, SEO and AI are about user experience and also like letting us create the best content and freeing up our time and ability to do so so that we can do more research on it and make the best piece of content. So use this tool, I think it's an amazing tool. I genuinely think it does everything Surfer SEO does, um, except it's not an insane amount. Like I think right now at time of recording, it's like 29 bucks a month for three for, for three optimizers per month in surfer. And like that's before even all their AI junk, which I do have other videos about, that's before like that's just before so much stuff. So to me, this is clearly the winner versus surfer. I think it's fairly similar to rank IQ. Now rank IQ has different benefits because they have their massive library of keywords. Which is not great for travel but for other niches quite good um i think they do things quite differently they did a recent update at time of recording where they've like yeah the whole i hate the new homepage. i'm really struggling with it i think because i hate change like to be fair but it's more about creating a content plan and like structure around that um and that's not as much the point here you could definitely use this that way i don't to me i just use it just for the optimizers And for that, I'm really enjoying it. I think it is on par with um, the one inside of Raptive, uh, which is powered by SEMrush. So I guess the SEMrush one. And I think it's a really great tool. It does not replace a keyword optimization tool for me at all. Um, That's not its functionality. That's not its point. It is meant to enhance the writing. I think the AI is fine, but I don't think it's amazing. And like, it's hard because you can't, easily adjust things here. So like I wrote this, I can then hit AI writing and then like start paragraph, rephrase, expand, and then I can show templates and I can run one of these templates, but there's not a ton there. So even with the outlines and the, like the intros, things like that, first of all, I hate AI intros, but even with the paragraph, we saw that like, there's not that much you can feed it. You can give it a bit, but you have a 500 character limit here too for what you can give it. Jasper has a 600 character limit and it can read the page. So like there's so much more context it gets. Same for ChatGPT where it has a massive history and you can input prompts of 3,000 on the pay- on the free plan or 25,000 words on the, pay- no, other way around. Free plan, 25,000 on the paid plan. Is that how I said it? I don't know, that's what it is, <laughs> so there you go. Now I did wanna show you guys before we go this topical map and the content plan. Um, because they're just kind of weird. Like I definitely thought they would work differently um, because to me these are things that would be at a general level not a post level but it seems like they're being used as post level. Like here you can see content plan and then it gives me like the page title but then it just gives me a bunch of others that like kind of are separate posts but aren't actually based on a keyword um this one admittedly is better than the topical map but like it gives you something but it's not actually based on anything it's just making up something that might be related with no idea if you can rank for it so okay um i thought it would like connect to gsc or it would i don't know maybe i just had too high hopes I, i know i'm hard to please but i thought it would be different than it is now the topical map I definitely thought it would help people if it could help with pillars at a high level. It doesn't. It covers like like here we can see like this is inside of the post essentially like things that would be in the post because um, honestly these are things the competitors cover. So again post level um, and I would actually say content plan to me is what I would have called a topical map where it goes and maybe I just don't know that term well. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) Um, but I would have said that like the topical map is more of like a mind map of topics and pillars and the content plan, I guess would be the sub section of that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but this basically creates a keyword cluster without actual keywords. You need to check them. Topical map outlines the post to some extent. I don't know. I'm confused by it, to be honest. Um, article topic ideas that in again. Give it a second. So here you go. Now you got some other topics you could go with. Um, Same idea as the first though. Like none of these are specifically based on a keyword and most of these are just topics for this post itself. So it is a bit confusing. I think they need to work on some of their like the description of what these are for the blog idea sections. I don't think it is. I don't think this section is fully baked. Now, the other sections, I think it understands itself a lot more and it's been trained better. Um, it's not perfect, but it does a better job. So give them a shot. I mean, with the cheapest plan, which is uh, $69 one time, if you use it for three months, you've already... on it, To be honest, if you use it for one month based on the cost of the content analy- uh, analyzers, you've made more than if like, you've made your money back from using Surfer sort of a thing but if you use it for three months with all of this stuff you've definitely like now you've made the same or you've made more back I don't know. you save more save more that's the right way to say it you've saved more than having Surfer for three months and you would have gotten 22 extra content analyzers per month so I think that's pretty great I am a big fan of lifetime deals I think they're really excellent when it's something that you foresee yourself using enough that you'll at least make the cost of it back quickly. So for example, um, I don't do lifetime deals for things. Number one, things like AI where it just moves too quickly and there's too many updates and like things fall out of favor so quickly. It's, you don't want to tie yourself to something. But something like this where I just need to use it for a couple months and I immediately see returns, That makes sense to me because even if, let's say, six months from now it's completely useless to me, if I've used it for three, it's been useful enough. And ultimately, don't buy this if you're not going to use it. Don't buy anything if you're not going to use it. You don't need to hoard things. And I don't recommend buying things that you're worried about losing the lifetime deal on just because it's going away only buy this if you want to use content optimizers on your site to potentially help improve some of your rankings now it is not at all a foolproof system I can definitely like we're at 44 right now nothing I can't publish any of this this wouldn't rank this is nonsense I could literally if I come to content terms if I oh if it'll let me copy let me copy well it hates me (laughs) if I could just ah no that's not what I want to do I want to copy you okay let's see if that worked there we go if I copy those in I could literally just go through and copy all of this and ultimately it's not right now because these are pictures for some reason I don't know what's happening but it's ultimately going to raise all of these regardless of the fact that my content is terrible if you go back and watch my content optimizer showdown video you'll see that i compared uh seven different content optimize or seven i compared a bunch I, compared a, I think it was seven ai writers i compared a bunch of content optimizers and, the, and then i put um, an article that's not ranking through them and every single one said it should rank said it, that it was beating the competitors the thing is the content wasn't there i just went through and rewrote that article actually turned it into three articles that are doing way better separately now so, this is the thing. This is a tool to help you, but ultimately, it does not replace an SEO strategy. It is not going to be a quick win to ranking, to be honest. Like, that's not what it really is. It helps you miss a couple, or helps you keep you from missing a couple things, but it's not going to automatically make you this perfect number one ranking god. You can use it on all your stuff. You can definitely gamify to 100%. You're going to get, like, flagged by Google for nonsense essentially, Um, because if you're just worried about these terms over here and you're not worried about the user, you're ultimately not going to have great success. And again, because it's just picking up on the top 10 competitors, to some extent you would just be rephrasing them if you're just focused on this stuff. So remember to add in EEAT to make sure you're using unique original research and content and yeah, just creating the best thing for the user. None of that is to say don't use this, I'm just saying use it cautiously because the thing that I see happen most often is someone buys Rank IQ, someone buys Surfer, maybe now someone buys Neuron, and then they're like, okay, well, I got 100 or I got 80 out of 100, why is my post not ranking? And it's like, because it's jumbled nonsense, like, or because it's thin content, or because it still might need backlinks, it still might need internal links. This is just one very very small part of the process. This is like just the blue sprinkles of the rainbow sprinkles on a Sunday. Like that's how kind of extra it is. And like, sure, it definitely can make the Sunday for people, but it's not going to carry the Sunday to the finish line. I don't know. I'm mixing metaphors now. Um, and now I just really want a Sunday. <laughs> so use this tool as a an extra tool not as the be all and end all okay and from there you'll be able to go far and i definitely think for like the cost of it the roi and the value is crazy and it is yeah quite underpriced for what it offers and for its functionality um and the cool thing is that they are continually updating it so oops there's a facebook group which i guess i'm going to show you now i didn't mean to um but yeah there is a facebook group then there's also um the support that they have. What did I actually want to show you? This one. So here you can see the roadmap of what's coming for updates, which I also think is really helpful. So they're going to have um, some things that are already live, but they have some other things that are going to join. Some of these have already happened. So I think they need to update this a little bit. (laughs) Then they have um, updates based on things that you can tell them about or things that they are working on. You can also make like wish list requests of things that maybe People want to have happen you can upvote things people haven't really been like it looks like this is pretty unused to be honest um, but there are yeah they are actively improving this which is great so yeah I'm a big fan and I hope you guys enjoy it and if you have questions let me know in the comments